Time again for another episode of Scaring is Sharing, the podcast where you get some spooky news and frightful <laughs> views because we share them with each other and you about all things horror, you little maniacs. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> and sometimes not things that are horror, but yeah. I know. mean, you know, it's that's, whatever. That's, that's life, okay? It's our show, our prerogative. That's right. But we're so glad to share it with all of you. And I'm glad to share this space with Jeremy, the original Sasquatch Slim Rusk. And you are Brandy Joe Plambeck, the flame and scream queen. You know it. I sure am. And if you've not listened before, hello. Welcome. Take a seat. Yes, welcome. And take off your shoes and wiggle your toes, okay? Stay a while. Unless you're driving a car that don't. Yeah, don't try and take your shoes off and wiggle. Your I know toes. some people. I do guess that, you, but... I guess you could, but but I don't might... think you're supposed to. Yeah, it might be too uh, too much activity, but yeah. Um, but if you've not listened before, Jeremy and I in the first half of this podcast usually talk about some horror news or what we've watched or whatever, and then we talk about a movie or movies that we typically will share with the other person they've not seen before that we have seen. But then lots of times we'll watch a singular spooky one movie that. Not Neither of us have seen, and this year is rife. That's a word, right? Rife yeah. with, rife with, with singular new, spookies. Rife with releases of the new variety. Yeah, I feel like we're going to the movies so much so far this year that it's yep. like okay, oh, that's great, that's, and it's awesome. We gotta we gotta cover these things. So, and if you know if you don't want if you just want to get to us talking about the the movie, look in the podcast notes. You can see where to skip ahead to in the podcast. But we really hope you just hang out with us a little bit, okay? We're cool yeah. dudes. Yeah, you can yeah. You, you can suffer through the hangout. Yeah, you really can. Jeremy, speaking of cars and driving, did you do you like the movie Christine? Yes, I do. I do as well. I haven't seen it in a million years, but like I remember when I was a kid and that being on, I, it's probably the kind of movie my dad would have watched because my dad didn't, he liked some scary things, but like mm-hmm. usually like the very butch sort of shit. Like, yeah, like Tales from the Dark Side, Christine, like I just, uh, that sort of stuff, like Christine, of course, because it's a car and my dad like restored cars and things like that. But I remember that scene of that girl being like suffocated in the Uh car and it scared me so much. Yeah. That was frightening to me. I I don't think I've seen it since college. So yeah, it's been a few years, but I remember liking it and being like, number one, it's John Carpenter, and like it's like a John Carpenter movie nobody talks about. And it's just like also in this day and age of school shootings, I say this day and age. I mean, like Columbine happened when I was in college, so we're talking like I don't know yeah. what is it had like its twenty five year anniversary or something yeah, like around there. Been an issue for a while, but it's like. It's a similar sort of thing, like that sort of like, you know, the nerdy kid who mm-hmm. gets a little bit who's like mistreated and sort of like, you know, the evil takes over him in like a different form. But it, like, I think it speaks to that similar sort of vibe. And I don't know if that's wrong of me to compare the two, but I I, I don't know when I think of it in my head, I'm sort of like, oh, it's 
It's a similar sort of thing. Like he has this car that helps him kill the bad people. Yeah, I feel like it is a movie they would shy away from remaking in this day and age because of the implications of, you know, teenagers, high schoolers committing violence against other high schoolers. And I know that Mm kind of turns off Hollywood these days, but I feel like there's a lot of old movies where that was a theme. So, you know, something was going on. Creators were keying into a, a, a vibe. So, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, Jeremy, let's read some telegrams. We have a couple this week. We have yeah. from two of our elite front of the podcast that have just, just write into us all the time. And we love that. Yeah, we love it. We do. We love it. And so telegrams are what we call our fan mail. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, if you want to write to us, scaringandsharing at gmail.com, you can just do that or slide into our DMs on Instagram, scaring and sharing. But Jeremy, you want to kick us off? Yeah. Uh, first off, I was going to say I might write to us just to do it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'd say if like no one else wrote to us, sure. I mean, you can't. You can't. <laughs> I just make up emails. <laughs> oh, boy. But anyway, this is a real telegram from a real person, Teacher Drew in Phoenix. Yeah, uh, Teacher Drew. And Teacher Drew writes, hey, guys. Hope all is well. I really enjoyed your episode about cocaine bear. Even better, I saw it before the episode dropped. I'm sorry, I mispronounced it. Cocaine bear. Uh, I'm glad you enjoyed it. I was pleasantly surprised with the movie. The cast was great. The twists and turns amusing. It was good, entertaining fun. I listened to another podcast and there and... uh, I listened to another podcast and their take on the movie. It was ridiculous. They critiqued it as if it were a highbrow, big budget film. So obviously they missed the point. They complained about things like character development and plot holes. And here he puts three laughing till they're crying emojis. (laughs) I love that emoji. (laughs) He continues. "Uh, In my film class, I remind students that some movies are simply made to be entertaining. In that sense... Cocaine Bear definitely accomplished its purpose. I'm a little late to the party, but I finally saw Piggy. What a heartbreaking, disturbing, yet beautiful movie. I recommend it highly, with the caveat that the subtitled version is the best choice. When your next episode drops, I will be back in Europe, specifically Budapest, Vienna, and Prague. I will definitely be listening to you while exploring the old world charm of these historic cities. Till then, my brothers, stay healthy, stay happy, stay you, Teacher Drew and Phoenix. Thanks, Teacher Drew. I hope you're having so much fun. I hope you see some ghosts. Yeah, that'd be cool. Those are all cities I want to go to as well someday. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And yeah, I people have really talked very highly of Piggy. And I thought it was fine. I didn't love it. I did. I rented it on YouTube. Mm. And I did notice that there was like an English dub. And I tried foolishly to watch that for a hot flash. And it was so bad. I don't know why I would ever do that. Like, that's so silly. Like, the only time I think that sometimes that can work is in an animated film. Mm -hmm. Because Uh, it's not as noticeable. I literally just had this conversation with one of my coworkers today, too, about watching uh, subtitled, you know, or watching movies in their original language and going with the subtitles. But I'm like... But I will with the caveat that there are certain instances like I still find watching like old Godzilla movies or like 
uh, old Kung Fu movies, like the ridiculous dubs they used to do for those kind of add to the charm, but those are already movies that are ridiculous. I feel like you need that. That's like the only case I feel like dubbing works is in over the top things. So now have you seen like spirited away and Kiki's delivery service? Have you seen those films? Mm -hmm. I have watched most of Miyazaki's movies. Okay, I think are they both the same director? Both of those yeah, names yeah, I just yeah. mentioned. Yeah, both of those are uh Hayao Miyazaki. So okay. When Spirited Away came out, I think it was about 20 years ago. I feel like Joe and I had just like moved back to Michigan. So and we just celebrated our 20-year anniversary. So around that, and uh, we tried to watch it and I just couldn't get into it. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that I've ever tried another one of his movies since then. Mm-hmm. But there's a stage version of Spirited Away that's come out. Have you seen some of the pictures from yeah, it? Yeah, I've been seeing the press releases so on it. fucking cool. Yeah. And I'm like, I need to, I was talking about it with someone at my work and I was like, I need to, I need to try, give that another try. Because mm-hmm. I, yeah. I feel like it, sh- I should be able to get into that and I should appreciate it. Yeah, I just, I love his work. So I, I think they're all top batch movies, but it, it, I do watch all of them though with the dub. <laughs> Like, yeah. I don't think I, I don't think. No, I've I think I've watched Princess Mononoke. Uh, OK, That's at least one, yeah. at least once in the original Japanese with, you know, subtitles. So. But yeah, don't you feel like you can almost because you can't see their mouths and their their cartoons, they're not human yeah. beings. I think that's where like the disconnect happens with like a dub with actors. Yes. Yeah. When you're physically seeing them is like there's no way that the emotion can match. Yeah, and what, what you're seeing. Uh, speaking to that point too, a lot of animators. I don't know if they still do it, but I know back in the day, a trick of animation, especially like I know Japanese animators did it a lot, uh, was they don't exactly make the mouths like match words or try to actually look like they're forming words. They just mm-hmm. create the movement because they know it's going to get redubbed in a bunch of different languages, you know, and released other places. So they just make movement and then leave, uh, uh, you know, actors to fill that in. So I think that's where you can be like, Oh, you can put any language in there as long as it's done yeah. well, no one will know the difference. Whereas yeah, of course, dubbing over a, uh, a movie with real actors that's totally different so Mm -hmm. when i spent a summer in spain as a kid because we had exchange students it wasn't like i was like anything fancy i literally just went and stayed with like their family for Mm -hmm. a year like the the exchange students that we had had but like i went to the movies i think i saw groundhog day like three times Mm -hmm. because it was playing there and i'd already seen it in america so uh, I knew what yeah. was going on, but it was dubbed, but it didn't matter because I knew the story. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I watched that multiple times. But speaking of that, I'm so like, it's just, so it's like it had Bill Murray like Buenos Dias and like hundred yeah. percent. Yes, yes. That's awesome. I, think I, saw, I think I saw it three times. <laughs> <laughs> but like you know, like with um Happy Death Day is like the the Groundhog Day the horror mm-hmm. version and then freaky is like freaky friday the horror version and i just read that they're doing like a back to the future i think that same creators are doing like a horror take back on future. back to the future yeah. that would be cool which i'm i'm loving this vibe like as opposed to remaking these movies just as yeah 
what they were, but in a modern lens, like I love putting that horror spin on it. And I'm like, yeah, what else could be cool? Like a horror version of like 16 candles. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. that. Instead of a true remake, you just take the central idea of something, but put it in a new genre. I like that. I think that's a that's a fresh idea right now. And then they'll do it to death. Just watch Hollywood. Like that be the next thing and they do it to death. Oh yeah. But I'm I'm living for it. And I can't remember what it's called now, but I'm just as I was bringing up groundhog day mm-hmm. i remembered i saw like a poster like they just sort of like announced whatever this back to the future thing was but cool and to teacher drew's point yes co- cocaine bear is cocaine certainly bear. not high art and it's really just it's a fun it's a popcorn ride yeah it's a popcorn a- ride you know you ride it and you eat the popcorn yeah totally it was absolutely a, as as we did it just go with friends and have fun at the movies like i feel like people don't do as much anymore so it was but it was that kind of movie it was tailor-made for that so yeah and i just had a grand old time yeah absolutely fuck yeah all right well thanks teacher drew and can't wait to hear all about your adventures all right next up we have another terror grant another i say because she writes in often which we love lauren (laughs) friend of the podcast and lauren writes i still need to watch cocaine bear but since jeremy mentioned how mark mother's bow Mark Mothersbaugh. Bah, thank you. Mark Mothersbaugh did the score. I thought he would like to know that Mark was heavily involved in a children's program called Yo Gabba Gabba that both of my kids have loved. Did you know that? Yep. (laughs) I figured you might have. I know what Yo Gabba Gabba is solely because it had, you know, Mark Mothersbaugh from Diva was involved. I don't remember if the show was created by, but I know the dude... Uh, that I can't remember his real name, but he is MC Bat Commander, the lead singer of the Aquabats, a uh, ska punk band uh, mm. that I used to listen to all the time. He's involved with the show. Uh, and so, yeah, it's uh, it attracted my punk rock sensibilities to be like, oh, all these uh, old uh, punk icons are working on a kid's show now. I got to check this out. It's and smart, it- like for them to be to do that and like get the parents to be yep. excited and want to watch it as well. I think that that is clever. Yeah, very clever. And it is like it is a weird, like off the wall kind of kid's show. So mm-hmm. I'm like, yep, man, that makes perfect sense. That does. All right, Lauren continues. I had never finished Overlord. It's so hard for me to say that for some reason. (laughs) I I never finished Overlord due to my annoying gore-induced fainting. After this week's episode, I decided to start over and finally finish it. I called my husband MJ in to watch the opening scene, and he ended up staying for the whole movie. It was a good ride, and I never felt woozy, maybe because I was crafting the whole time. Apparently, there is a sequel in the works as of 2022. Oh, exciting. Mm. Continuing. When I met Ross Marquand, if I'm pronouncing that correct, Aaron from The Walking Dead and many other roles, voice acting gigs, we discussed how Wyatt should be cast in any remakes with the leading role originally held by his dad. Mm -hmm. Did you also notice how Chloe using the flamethrower had the strong The Thing vibes? Totally. Yeah, totally. Love yep. that. And in my mind, like I started to think about them. This is me, Brandy Joe talking now. Um, I, I started to like be confused of did the woman in them have a flamethrower at some point? Because there was a flamethrower, right? Did yeah. she use it? Yeah, I, she might have. I can't remember, but a flamethrower came into play at the end of uh Yeah, because I remember so. it coming to the camera because yep. I remember reading about the 3D and I couldn't remember if she'd use it or not. Hi, kitty. There's a kitty looking right at me. Yep. Puss. Ja- Jasmine. Puss. 
She really I always wants... think of Black Christmas when the first girl Claire. Oh yeah, yeah. Puss, puss. <laughs> um, by the way, I tried to order my Black Christmas sweater. I thought about it the other day. The, uh-huh. the hands, and I went to buy it, and it was sold out. No, I waited too long. No, yes. Hopefully, it comes back. I know, I know. Um, okay, let me finish up. Lauren has one more little little paragraph here. This is about the movie Uninvited. Do you know mm-hmm. this movie with like, there's like killer cats. It's like, oh, <gasps> yes. Okay. Have you seen yep. it? I think I watched like part of it or something. I like, saw I... it on one of those, like in search of darkness or something or okay. some, one of those compilation things. Cause I've seen like a scene with like a killer cat. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I, yep. So Lauren put a picture of that and in reference to it said, oh my God, I have watched a thing that should have hurt my brain, but I actually enjoyed it despite there being practically no redeeming aspect of this movie. This is right up Bird's Lane since he likes creature features, thought it contains, sorry, though it contains practically no action sequences, so he may need Jeremy for emotional support. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And I I definitely need to check that out, but I I was like, I bet you've seen this film. I've seen parts of it, like the scene of, there's something totally wild with the cat that I remember seeing that sequence of Mm -hmm. it, so. Yeah, yeah, it's like totally batshit crazy. Yeah, exactly, and it's, yeah, and I've heard, yeah, well, first off, welcome to my world, Lord, of uh, enjoying movies that have no redeeming artistic or social value because mm-hmm. I live in that place. But uh, yeah, I got to check that out. Yeah. Thanks so much for writing in, Lauren. And I like how she said, like, for her husband to just come in and watch the opening scene of Overlord. I mean, mm-hmm. that movie, the, from that first scene, you just are sucked right in. It is yeah, so good. Like, what is going to happen? This is crazy. And then you just go, go, go for the rest of the go, movie. Go, go, And yeah, I'm totally down for a sequel. I'll be very curious. Yeah, that'd be cool. I hope it I hope it brings characters back. Like, I hope it's a continuation yeah. of what happened to our, his name's escaping me, but the main character. Mm-hmm. Like, I want to see what uh, his continued adventures, I'm assuming. Yeah. So thanks, Lauren. Thanks, Teacher Drew. And yes, write to us, scaringasharing at gmail.com. Please, we want to hear from you. Yeah, right. And Jeremy, I have one more thing. Not, I mean, you know me. I have plenty of things to say. Yeah, you got We have another a prom. We have another promo code giveaway. <gasps> yeah, this is do for it. a movie called Unseen. And Unseen. let me tell you a little bit about it. Mm-hmm. Two women form an unlikely connection when Sam, a gas station clerk, receives a misdialed call from Emily, who is running from her murderous ex boyfriend in the woods having lost her glasses in her escape emily must rely on sam's eyes using the video call in order to survive unseen is the latest thriller from blumhouse productions available to buy or rent on digital now this film is not yet rated not yet it's this film is not rated okay it's not ever gonna be rated okay (laughs) but yeah if you want to watch unseen hit us up let us know i will send you a promo code you can watch it on letterboxd we we love that we love these promo codes sounds like a cool gimmick i like yeah and you know who's in it who's in it missy pile oh really fucking wow love her man i don't her and like judy greer are like yeah like some of the best character actresses ever and they've both done so many good things and just like they're just one of those people that if you don't know their names you know their faces for sure do the two of them then throw in um parker posey oh Uh, my god that would be unstoppable and then margo martindale yeah yeah and then she can be in there too yeah (laughs) 
just somebody make that movie <laughs> please and make it a horror movie yeah make it a horror movie at least i don't even know what the plot is just get the four of them together and i think it will be gold yep i i just love when character actors are i mean really in anything i mean they're, they they make the world go round for sure yeah but i love when they're in horror movies like i love oh. margo martindale and yep. fucking cocaine bear that was fucking rich and then um what is the name of the gal in Hereditary? I'm looking it up right now. Hereditary. Um, I'm not going to say who she played because it's. I'm gonna, I didn't want to say it's not important because it is important. But um, Anne Dowd. I fucking yeah. love Anne Dowd yep. so yep. much. There's a couple more that are escaping me, but character actresses in particular. Mm-hmm. Sure, character actors are great, but character actresses are my true soul. Mm-hmm. I love a good character actress so jeremy yeah tell me have you watched anything this week or do you have any news uh well you know the news is scream six is already a hit so scream seven's already greenlit from what i've been reading so yeah it's coming they're doing a seven so Um, can we stay on sequel street for just a second yeah 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 yeah. that's my only news as i read drag me to hell two might Whoa. be happening, Sam wow. Raimi said. Oh, that's cool. I would fucking love because Drag Me to Hell is so good. Yeah, it's I definitely. I don't know if it's underrated because I know plenty of people that like it, but I don't think it's talked but about the, enough. The first time I watched it, I didn't. I hadn't yet gotten into Evil Dead, so I didn't appreciate mm. it as much. And once I got into Evil Dead, I rewatched Drag Me to Hell, and mm-hmm. it's just so fucking good. And that scene there, I recently watched. Like it made the rounds recently. <laughs> the scene where Allison Lohman, where the the hag is above her, mm-hmm. and spews all those maggots into her mouth and yeah. she just took it in the face yep in the mouth <laughs> yes and then she just like you know they yell cut and she spits them all out and it is i mean just the effects in that movie it is like i love how it's just typical yeah classic raimi yeah it is funny the- and scary and gory for pg-13 no less yeah, it was totally a return to form for Raimi and horror when it came out. After like um, Superman and stuff, not yeah, Superman, uh, Spider Man, Spider Man. Yeah. After you. after Spider Man and some other you know non or horror stuff for a while, so it was really cool. And yeah, and I think that's his last true horror movie. Now, Drag Me to Hell. I don't think he's directed any full horror movies since. So yeah, need 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 it back. Yeah, he needs it back. Uh, and and that's one of those when, you know, if someone says, like, you can't make good PG-13 horror movies, you got to cite that and you got to cite The Ring. Yes. Watch and those. Poltergeist being PG because yeah. PG-13 didn't exist, but it would have been probably PG-13. PG-13 for sure. Just like yeah. Grem- Gremlins as well would have been mm-hmm. PG-13 if they oh, for sure. could yeah. have, but it didn't exist yet. So it was PG. And then the only other sequel news I have is Haunt. You remember Haunt that yeah. we watched? There's uh, a sequel in the works has been confirmed. Haunt 2, huh? Yeah, which, oh man, that's a good one. Yeah, yeah. I, everything I, Hellfest should have been. I could be, I could get excited for a Haunt 2. Like, I'm sure if they come up with a cool direction to take it. Yes. It'll be worth the ride. Um, for sure. All right, take it away. Um, The only thing I watched... <laughs> I'm going to bring up is the other night. I I don't even know why it popped in my head, but I was like, I'm going to track down Chud 2, Bud the Chud. Oh, and watch that because that is a movie I used to love in uh, 
like high school, like early college, like into the early to mid 2000s. I feel like it was on cable all the time. Okay. Like ne- never the first Chud, just Chud. I had seen Chud 2 like a bunch of times before I'd even seen Chud 1. Um, but it doesn't really matter because Chud 2 is barely, it's in name only, like a sequel to the first Chud. Oh, really? Um, yeah, where it, it's more a zombie movie. Like oh. the chuds in the first movie are like mutants, you know, and mm-hmm. have kind of a cool creature design. But uh, yeah, chud too. They use the word chud to refer to what are just zombies, part of this like government experiment. But it was like a weird, it's the weirdest mismatch, like rewatching it now, having not seen it since like sometime in college when if I saw that it was on TV, I'd be like, put on chud too. This movie is like so weird and bad, but incredible. Uh, and it still is all of those things. Um, because it's like a, a teen, you know, high school, like the weirdos, like rising, you know, to the occasion sort of story arc. But okay. with zombies, because <laughs> they accidentally wake up Bud the Chud and send him out to create more zombies by accident. It's it's weird, tonally all over the place. Um, but it's like it knows it's trying to be funny and bad on purpose. So it's a little, I don't know. It's bearable in that sense, in that, okay. you know, it's kind of in on the joke itself. But what a weird ride. But I don't know why I, I was like, I'm going to watch yeah. Chud 2. I'm going to. And then now I'm talking about it on our show in hopes of let's get the, the cult going for Chud 2, Bud the oh, Chud. Boy. Have you guys seen it? Write in. Tell me what you think. Uh, scaring uh. sharing at gmail.com. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? But yeah, I watched I watched that. Um and I cannot say, like Lauren said, movie with no redeeming artistic value, but mm-hmm. I had fun watching it. Mm-hmm. Oh, and that was what I was going to say. I, I'm While I was watching it, I was really struck by this sensation where I'm like, this would be a good actually like B feature to double feature with like Return of the Living Dead. Um, and I'm like, because I don't know, there's something about the vibe, the comedy and zombies. And then I uh, went on IMDb and was reading the trivia and they said this movie actually started as a script for a Return of the Living Dead sequel that then oh. they, they then turned into a Chud sequel instead. So I was like, hmm. oh, that explains the vibe they were going for with the zombie comedy. So that tracks. Yep. There you go. Chud too, Bud the Chud. Oh, oh and the tagline is yeah. this Chud's for you. Of course it is oh god (laughs) yep i watched nothing this week but big brother canada season seven and Mm. dance moms season three so i'm sure those can get pretty horrific anyway so yeah in the best way (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) uh any other news or anything jeremy no i've been i've been bad i should be keeping up but i or i read stuff and it just escapes my brain so i really need to like just save everything i want to talk about get better about that but well, let's get to our movie. Yeah, let's talk about it. You know let's what it is. Let's get into uh, the most anticipated movie of the year for me. Yeah. Yeah, I got to say. Uh, for sure. This was definitely up there for me, too. And I think a lot of people. Yeah. So we are talking about Scream V. <laughs> or Scream 6. It's interesting, though, because everything does use the Roman numerals. Like, I know it's a part of the title, like, mm-hmm. because of how they can make it with the M. Yep, but I thought you'd see it listed as Scream Six everywhere, like with the number six, the numeral, but uh-huh. it is Roman numerals. Yeah, everywhere. So Scream V is what I'm calling it. Yeah, and I saw that uh, uh, online. Yeah, that this is the first one 
to do Roman numerals because mm-hmm. uh, like two, three, and four, it was just, you know, the, uh, the number. So, yeah. and it is directed by Matt Bettinelli open and Tyler Gillette. And the tagline is New York, new rules. And the letterbox summary is following the latest ghost face killings. The four survivors leave Woodsboro behind and start a fresh chapter in New York city. Mm. So Jeremy, mm-hmm. what were your thoughts on screen? V? I had a blast. Yeah. Yeah. This was just a lot of fun. I felt like it was what I expected we were going to get, which was a natural continuation from the prior movie. Um, and, and I found those kids and, you know, endearing in the, the first go around. So I'm in for it. I, I want to hang out with the core four. I'm ready to uh, core four. spend some more time with them. And yeah, it was, it was worth it. Yeah. I had a fucking blast. I liked them even more in this one, especially yeah. Melissa Barrera. I, it's not that I didn't like her in, scream five yeah but she grew on me this one i was more into her i was i I found her less stiff Mm -hmm. i i just like was more invested in her this go around yeah i feel like the characters got more time to breathe Mm -hmm. uh because this was this story was not that the last one wasn't about them but you know you had so many returning legacy characters the last go around that this time there was more focus on them. So they got to do more and had more story. So, and there's some fun parallels, like how the last one was sort of a requel. There's some fun parallels between this one and scream two, which I really enjoyed. And I, we can get spoilery later, but I enjoyed like that because scream two takes you away out of Woodsboro Mm -hmm. and we go away to college. That's exactly what's happening here. I mean, they touch on all of this in here and you have, you know, lots of the same characters involved, but you're in a new city, but like for the first time we're in a city. I mean, Mm -hmm. I know scream three, you're in LA, but for the most part, you're on movie sets and things like that, which you're still in LA, but here you're like in a city, which is just so fun. You're out on the street in the city, which is, it's just a cool slasher yeah. movie setting. And I mean, this is not spoilery in the way that like, oh my God, don't ruin that for me. It's just in a, it's a matter of fact, one of the few things that I would have liked to have seen would have been a Times Square scene, which we yes. do not get. Yep. We do not get a Times Square. Like I'm, I'm all for them not doing big touristy things. Like I'm glad we didn't go to the Statue of Liberty and shit like that. But I could have gone for a Times Square scene and in the poster that they gave away at the screening we went to, which I didn't get one because I'm sure I would have just rolled it up and it would have got wrinkled anyway. Mm-hmm. But Stab the Musical was mm-hmm. like on the poster and I wanted that to be a thing in the movie. Yeah, I wish it was. But, you know, you couldn't see those touristy things because they actually filmed the most of the movie in Montreal. So, But they could have, <laughs> you know, done a day or two. In. Yeah, yeah. Would have been nice. They should okay. They could have had that homage to Jason Takes Manhattan. Yes, but uh, uh, they do which show they did, it, which, <laughs> which is they do, we which was laugh. awesome. Yeah, which was awesome. But yeah, if they had done a, like a Times Square thing, like the one Times Square shot in, you know, Jason Takes Manhattan, that would have been cool. And you know, we I I got our tickets in the last row because it was where I could get all of our seats together. It was so okay. Here's a couple of weird things about the experience itself and not the movie. Mm-hmm. First of all, it was like when we saw Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey. It was the same sort of. Um, 
Um, the same theater chain. And mm-hmm. apparently this theater chain, Imagine, if you will, is the name of it with an E. Imagine. Imagine. You do not have to show your tickets to anyone. There is no one scanning your ticket. Yeah. No one cares. That trips me up. You could it just go so in bizarre. and just go see movies. You can't. And the weird <laughs> thing was, like, when I bought the tickets, like, it looked like there were big... Like, I didn't understand the map of the theater because of how, like, there were big chunks in the middle where there were no seats. Well, there were seats there. They just were empty. And they weren't mm-hmm. on the map to buy. Like, we could have moved over 10 seats because there were so many empty seats because there weren't on the map to purchase. It was so weird. Yeah. But I'm glad. I, I got the seats in the last row for the reason that we could get them all together. And also, my husband really likes watching things from the back row, and I've grown co- sort of accustomed to it. But I'm glad we did because I saw young children there when we arrived, uh-huh. but they were all the way down to the front. So I could hear them every once in a while, yeah, which was obnoxious, but it was but I'm also like, far enough up front that it was like, okay. Who brings these little kids to, we keep seeing them at horror movies and we I'm do. like, I'm all, you know, I got into horror young, but it's like, I feel like there's, that's a little young to be sitting in the theater. They for, were, yeah. Cause they had <laughs> been like five or six. It they was were, something like they this. That's a young. little much, you know, get ready for a lot of therapy. <laughs> but it was fun because we were at the fan event, which really included some things that I think you missed out on, like the Reno 911 scream sketch. Oh no. There yeah. Was, Cause I thought it was a, a, a trailer for a Reno 911 movie, but yeah. it was really just a sketch about Scream. Damn it. I wanted my snacks and I missed the. <laughs> I know they were cool not stuff. properly staffed. <laughs> no, they were not. I just wanted some popcorn. And I know, I know. But it was fun. We went with our. So it was me and Joe and you. And then we also went with our friends, Harry, Joey, and Al, friend of the podcasts, all three. And mm-hmm. it was so fun because you never met Joey before. And you do just hit it off like gangbusters. Yeah, and we just started chatting, and it was just like, oh, I like this guy. I know, you guys <laughs> so were, like, we, cut from the same cloth. Yeah, we just kept going and going, and then he got all my movie references and whatnot. So, But it was always. so, like, the fan event was so fun because everyone there was really die, diehard fans, aside from the children. I, they might have been, I don't know. But, like, it was fun when you saw Kirby, people were cheering. When certain yeah. deaths happened, people were cheering. And it yeah. wasn't in an annoying way. No, people it was... People were only, like loud and vocal when it was like wanted yeah appropriate <laughs> appropriate thank you yeah because yeah and people were just feeling it and we were all in the same uh same vibe together so it was awesome yeah so acting wise i like i said i loved melissa barrera way more than i liked her in scream five jenna ortega is just awesome she's a modern scream queen and she actually gets you know more time to uh Flex her wings, so to speak, in this movie, which is awesome. And then Mason Gooding as Chad and Jasmine Savoy Brown as Mindy. Love the twins so much. Mm-hmm. There's a great scene where, you know, Jasmine Savoy Brown gets to pull out her her Randy again and talk about what this movie is all about. And I love that scene. Like, mm-hmm. how does this never get tired? The speech of what we're living in the movie. Like, it's yep. still so, like, how are you going to make it fresh? And I thought that they did a really good job. And they nail it. Like, that's one thing I think through the whole series, they always nail that uh, that sort of thing every time. And I just think they did a really good job with 
the because they always have dealt in the past with like Sydney being a survivor and what that means and the trauma that the past trauma, but they did some different things with it here. And it's like we're in the sixth movie and you're able to deal with trauma in a different way. And in particular, like a certain character's trauma that like what actually happened to them versus what like the world thinks of them, mm-hmm. which has never really been the case as much as it is here. Yeah. And I don't want to like get too much into that um, because I want people to sort of be able to experience that for themselves. But I really liked that take on it. This go around. Yeah. That felt really um, like a really cool subversion of what came before. Like, yeah. Yeah. And that's what I think these guys have done so well with these mm-hmm. two movies is like, the opening again subverts things in a way that I'm not, I don't want to say, cause I, I really like, I mean, I didn't watch a single trailer. I knew some things. I knew there was a subway at, at some point and there was a bodega at some point, because mm-hmm. no matter what you do, you'll see like flashes of those images, even if like in, in print ads and things like that. So I knew that those things were going to happen, but Oh my God, the opening does some really fucking cool things. Yeah. And no trailers showed anything from the opening. Like that entire opening was straight up fresh to me in a way that I'm like, I have no idea what's going to happen because the ad campaign was pretty good about uh, really using uh, out of context, like snippets. So it was, you know, I could not guess what the plot was Uh, like. I had ideas about what I thought was going to happen, but they were wrong based on the trailer. So uh, (laughs) guys get ready to be proven wrong. And I, the other weird thing about our movie going experience, and I, I tell me if you had the same experience because you were seated further away from me. But so we went to see it in 3D, which was sort of a last minute thing they announced. Mm-hmm. And we're sitting there. I haven't seen a 3D movie and I don't even know how long. 15 years. years it's yeah. been forever for me. Yep. I don't see these Marvel movies, which is how most of the 3D shit's coming out. Yep. And so we're sitting there and it says like, put on your 3D glasses. So I do. And the movie starts and you're in the opening and it's jittery. Yes. And I was like, is this, this is why I don't see 3D movies. Like it was jittery and weird. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh my God, I'm not going to enjoy this movie because of how bad this experience is. Do I have bunk glasses? But when I took off the glasses, even though you can see that sort of 3D double yeah, vision. I could see that it was also like sort of shaky and wonky. Yeah. And I was like, shit, well, this sucks. And about, I don't know, three minutes in, all of a sudden it cleared up. Yeah. yeah I don't know. It was what like someone that flips was. a switch in the booth, like, oh shit, we forgot to yep. turn this on. Yeah, that's what I was wondering. I was like, was it a thing with the equipment? Was it a um, because you know, nowadays in movie theaters, they have like special uh projectors that are connected to the internet and they like download you know the movies get sent to them so it's mm-hmm. this whole you know computer system so i was thinking i'm like is it still buffering is that what was happening and then it finally it like felt like like got up to speed and was you know playing correctly oh my god or but i was so relieved when all of a sudden it clicked into place and i was like oh yes I have to say, though, 3D is fun, but there were very few yeah. 3D effects. There was not much that would required it. It was no, just, it was like know. they did not film it for 3D. But last minute, they're like, well, let's maybe we can make a little extra money. And yeah, the and f- there were no things coming at the camera that never happened. I don't think yeah. once, quite yeah, honestly, really, all it did was like, man, it really feels like there's quite a bit of depth in every scene. That's that, exactly it. That's so really I what would say all the 3D added was that. So you do not need to see this in 3D. 
if you want to fine but it, it mm-hmm. didn't add anything no there was it was unnecessary unnecessary for sure okay and then we got to talk about Hayden Panettiere yeah back as Kirby mm-hmm. loved her yeah I love seeing her interact with with Mindy the mm-hmm. Randy character because she's the Mandy from her I mean the Randy from her movie <laughs> yep that yeah that was and a they fun... even have that conversation about like that she was the Randy essentially mm-hmm. there's some really fun callbacks to all the other films yeah the uh the amount of easter eggs there is oh is I can't awesome. wait to watch some videos on it because I'm sure there's tons of shit I missed yeah but yeah that must have been a blast putting that together yeah I want to see I want to see a breakdown of every single Easter egg to every other movie. Cause I'm sure there's just a ton that you don't even immediately realize. Yeah. And Courtney Cox. Great. Yep. Back again. It was great to have uh, at least some, you know, have one of the main big ones back in the saddle since Nev uh, passed on this movie. And, and how did you so, feel about that? They wouldn't pay her. Yeah. Um, I was, I was weary of it. Cause you know, Sydney really is for is scream for most people um and uh so i was wondering how they were going to pull it off uh but i think it worked i do too i was totally okay with it i liked how they mentioned her Mm -hmm. and how it wasn't like oh let's forget about her altogether yeah like they they brought her in appropriately to talk about why she wasn't around yeah, in the world it, of the story, which I think is the respectful thing to do as opposed yep. to pretending like she doesn't exist. Yeah, absolutely. And it keeps the door open since they're making scream seven. If they're able to work it out and get her back again, I'm sure they will. So yeah, that will be interesting. And I mean, really, I think for the first time ever in a scream movie, I teared up, I think twice, there were two mm-hmm. scenes that just sort of emotionally got me. And I, that's never happened before. I mean, and for the big thing that happens in the last one, and I won't be spoilery, although I'm sure you probably have seen yeah. Scream 5 if you're here now. But like that didn't, that didn't, it was sad, but uh-huh. it didn't bring my mistiness to my yeah. eyes. That one, that, that one got me in the last one, the scene we're talking about. It did get me, you know, emotional a little bit, the pangs of, uh, 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 a little bit of uh, I don't know, you know. But, in, in in this new one, there was a scene that got me. That that's where I'm going. But with then it. bringing that up in this movie, yeah, got me because there's just that thing with the the history with Courtney Cox and David Arquette mm-hmm. that it, I'm sure she taps into that. Yeah, in regards to talking about that scenario. And, and it's also interesting to watch the movies mirror, like, you know, their real life situation where, um, uh, yeah, they go from married, uh, the characters go from married to divorce to, you know, all over the place. And it's like, yep. Uh, and it mirrors uh, what I know about them in real life. But apparently they're still friends from what I've yes, put together. They're the real is... actors. So clearly, yeah. you know, that helps <laughs> when they have to work together on a screen movie. I watched The Kill Count for all of the Scream movies this past week because he did like a recount and then I don't think he done Scream 5. So he did that one and it was fun to rewatch it. He did mention, James A. Janice, like that the one thing that it sort of lacked that all the other films seemed to have was like a really good chase sequence. Mm-hmm. I think that, that didn't really happen in Scream 5. And I think that there's a couple of really good scenes in this one. They make up for it. 
they do make up for it. And the I think there were eight kills in Scream 5, mm-hmm. which I think is the second. Like, I think the first Scream has like seven. Mm. So it was like, you know, this one all ups the ante. I don't know what the count was. I was trying to keep track and then but it's like almost like doubles that there's a lot mm-hmm. a lot of death in this one yeah and some and, brutal ones just like just like scream five there are some brutal kill lots of stuff to the face yeah they are uncomfortably <laughs> intense like those are some great gags they do in this where you're like okay uh those are making me cringe so good on you guys because i feel so desensitized sometimes to slasher movies but yeah they're the gags in this one were like right on yeah but there's a great sequence that happens in uh an apartment building that is just fucking harrowing so good it is yeah so, and th- you know what i take back the 3d thing a little bit because that scene oh that 3d did. was effective yeah that was oof. that was like maybe the only scene so yeah. i take it back there was one scene that i think the 3d was effective but again it sort of played into that depth of field yeah exactly that's yeah and it made it all the more like oh my god when you're watching the uh watching it unfold but as often is the case i could feel my husband loving it and then i could feel it losing him oh as no yeah. and so you ask him afterwards how it was and he's like that's fine uh-huh. <laughs> and i'm like i loved it <laughs> where did where did it lose him in the middle or i don't i think it got yeah i i mean that's when i felt it happening for him like towards uh-huh. the middle and then the end did not stick the landing for him uh-huh and I just could feel him sort of, nah. Mm-hmm. He also was, when we were afterwards talking about it, about Jenna Ortega, he brought up something about Wednesday that I hadn't heard about how she like, I don't know, I'm sort of, this is like a game of telephone at this point, but like mm-hmm. sort of like demanded rewrites or rewrote the huh. certain stuff. Like, I don't know if that's with like the second season, something about that. And like, so she, he's not as fond of her as I am. Uh-huh. Because he also has only ever really, I think, seen her in Scream 5. Like, he hasn't watched X. He didn't watch Wednesday. Mm-hmm. So, like, but there's some story that made him sort of be like, mm, I don't like her because of this. Mm. And I don't think that helps. When, whereas I'm like, um, she's like the Scream Queen of our generation. Yeah, she's the new Scream well, Queen. Of- and her generation and she's never <laughs> done anything wrong in her entire life. <laughs> she's so good. <laughs> But yeah, I just think that there's, yeah, I love all the callbacks. I love, I'm not as crazy about Scream 4 and Scream 5 in the sense of like going back to Woodsboro. Like I'm, mm-hmm. I, I don't enjoy that. I, I like, let's, let's evolve Ex- the story. Yeah. And they did a good job of that with this one, I feel. Yep. And it's funny to like she's all right and all i'm not like a huge kirby fan like a lot of people out okay. there are because uh, i revisited scream 4 not that long actually i forgot to mention that i watched that like a couple weeks ago though scream 4 um and re-watching it i was like it's okay like i feel like i used to like that one a lot more and then in rewatch, but i was kind of taken by like yeah i mean they're all charming characters it's just funny that uh you know kirby i think it's built in with the hayden Panettiere. era you know people are already fans of her it, blew that character up like uh in an unexpected way i feel even for the creators of the series so um my only thing with this movie though was she did feel sort of like that they threw her in there i wonder if it was at last minute when was it uh when they were like we're not gonna have sydney 
then did they decide on Kirby? Like, I wonder if that's how that fit because her story arc doesn't feel as enmeshed with the rest of it. Like, yeah, fe- I can, I can buy that. Yeah, it, it feels like it was a later edition and yeah, they were just trying I, I to figure out where to put it. This is not spoilery. It's just a, a fact. She shows up and she's an FBI agent, which that feels a little funny. Like, why wouldn't she have been involved in the last case? Yeah, exactly. Why if wouldn't he, she have shown up if that's was what was going on? It yeah, seems like she would have. It feels quickly like slapped together and, you know, like, okay, this is what's going to happen. Boom. So, yeah, I, I would have. I could have gone. I mean, I loved that she was like badass in that way, but I could have gone yeah. with bringing her back into the fold somehow else. Another yeah. way. Yeah. And, and a little more screen time and like actually part of the story more. I feel like she was not sidelined, but there could have been more of her. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, I feel like that was a missed opportunity to uh, use her more. But uh, also, Heart out to Hayden Panettiere, whose brother just died. Mm. Like it's got to be so rough. He was so adorable. You see pictures of the two of them with their like little matching smiles, and I guess mm-hmm. he had like an enlarged heart or something. Like, yeah, it's just so fucking sad. So yeah. all my love to Hayden Panettiere. I mean, it always goes out to her, and I always think of Lego horror videos when I think of her because he worships her. Uh huh. But yeah, I was really glad to have her there. I just, I, I, yeah, I found her storyline a little bit like, hmm, this mm-hmm. is how you were brought in. But I, I'm glad she was back. And I think I read she hit up the directors and was like, I think Kirby should come back. Mm. Like, I feel like okay. she reached out to them or something. I want to say I read that she mentioned. Okay, cool. At some point. Yeah. Yeah. But I liked but, how they Easter egged that in the last movie. That mm-hmm. There's that little YouTube video that says like interview with Kirby. So like, so you knew she was alive mm-hmm. and then, you know, then they brought her to this. They one. followed up on it. Yep. Yeah. All right. Can we talk spoilery a little bit? Yeah. Little bit? Yeah. Let's do some spoilers. Okay. So go away. If you haven't watched it. <laughs> Leave. Or, get out of here. Or you don't want to know. Um, Okay, so I love the opening for the subversion of, like, I mean, yay, Samara Weaving. Love her. Uh-huh. I, I figured she would be the opening kill, but then she dies so quickly. And I'm like, is that it? But then you see the killer take off the mask, and it's like, whoa, okay. Yeah. I was like, then, what is happening right now? <laughs> and that actor's from um, uh, Servant, which I love, and I love him on Servant, so that was fun. But, like, I, I just loved that subversion of the opening. Like, mm-hmm. Someone gets killed, and then you follow the killer, and you're like, "Wait, what? Yeah, what is happening? Yeah, so and, then, and then he goes back to his apartment that's just littered with horror movie uh-huh. Easter eggs, which is like, oh, awesome. And then you're know, like, oh, they're film nerds. Okay, cool. Yeah, um, and he loves Jalo. Yep, he loves Jalo, and which Argento. I love the references to Argento and Jalo because. This movie, especially by the ending, sorry, I'm jumping way ahead, but the no, ending please. to me felt very Jalo mm-hmm. when it all, like when they reveal the killers and the motivations and the setting and just the bombasticness of it all. I was like, this yeah. feels like they were studying some Argento because that's like a, the Jalo, you know, they always go for the big reveal, even if it kind of doesn't even make sense. They're going with it. And uh, this felt a little uh, indebted to that. So. And I dug how it was three killers, which we've never had before. Yeah, that Unless was cool. Unless you count the first one that Roman said he was sort of involved, but 
you know, yeah, no. whatever. That he was not his, planned. He has his own movie. Yeah, he has his own with a singular, the only singular killer. Yep. And then what I really loved is how this, how I was talking about, it's how it sort of mirrors Scream 2. Mm-hmm. It mirrors Scream 2 in that parent of the person who got killed in the last movie being the killer here. Mm-hmm. So it very much mirrored that Lori Metcalf as Billy's mom, that here we have Richie's dad. And yeah. I loved that. I want to say juxtaposition, but that's not right. That's um, dichotomy. Yes. Thank you. Yep. I loved that sort of bookend to that. I thought that was cool. Yep. And I just like the set pieces in this were so great. So that museum, which also like, I didn't want to like talk about that. And that like, it's because if someone doesn't know about that, although I don't know if that's in that, the trailer. That's in the trailer. Okay. Yeah. But, I, but everyone had no idea. Like everyone is uh, a little more spoilery, but like, Everyone I read online, everyone I know that was sharing stuff about it, like when that was in the trailer, they're like, that's clearly the killer's lair, which they make a whole thing about making fun. Like, if this were a normal uh, stab movie, this would be the killer's lair, but it's not. So, you know, and they make fun of that idea. And I was like, they were way ahead of you guys. And I'm going to have to look into it now, because earlier this week, I saw a headline that said, like, fans furious that a latest, like, um, still that was released of the movie seems to give away who the killer is. Oh, some, Hmm. some, I don't know if controversy might be a little bit of a strong word, but some sort of something about that. So I'm gonna have to go back and check out what that was, but also there were, I was still sure that Stu was going to be involved somehow. And I love that they referenced that, that fans are obsessed with that idea when, uh, yeah, they're so that's the TV that killed Stu Mocker. If you believe he's dead. And Uh 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 And I know in interviews, Matthew Lillard has said straight up, he'll come back uh, if they were to ask him. So, you know, and if that was supposed to be the scream three plots. Yeah. Was that that he was getting guys from prison. Yes. Stu was orchestrating it from prison and still alive. Yeah. It was going to be the twist. And the other thing I was sure was going to happen here, just based on what I'd seen of like the teaser with the subway and stuff like that. I thought that it was going to be that abandoned scream four plot. I think it was supposed to be that got turned into the TV series, the following where there Mm. was a cult of people Mm. who were like, killing because they whatever worshipped Billy and Stu or whatever Mm -hmm. and just based on all of the publicity that really cool poster that they were giving out which shows like Times Square and Stab the Musical and you see all these people crossing the street there's all these little ghost faces Mm. and I just thought for sure this movie was going to just have an army of of killer killer ghost faces but really it's just people like are like it's Halloween and stabs yep. happen. People are getting killed again, so we're all dressing up like Ghostface. Yeah, and I like that it ultimately is just the three killers: yeah. the dad and his two kids, mm-hmm. who are Richie's family. Um, and then it also makes a little more sense why Richie would be calling constantly because mm-hmm. they could have had access to his phone because he could yep. have been on the family plan. <laughs> yep, exactly. So they probably <laughs> still have his phone. And Courtney Cox's scene where yep. the killer gets her was one of the best as well. Like there are just some amazing sequences. Yeah. That I just thought stand above the last film and that, or any of the sequels really. And that's where I got emotional was with Courtney Cox where hundred uh, percent in that moment where you're like, Oh man, it like, you really do realize that you feel like these characters are old friends. So I'm like, man, I don't care as much if the new characters bite it, 
But if you're going to take Courtney Cox away from us now, Gail Weathers gone, like, I don't know if I can handle that. So uh, it, totally. it's, it's it's funny to be confronted with that, where you're like, this fictional character is like my friend, and I love them, and I don't uh-huh. want bad things to happen to them. So. And I know everyone's a big Dewey fan, but I'm more of a Gail boy myself. Yeah, I loved them both. I love them both too, but like to see Courtney, I mean, to see Gail, mm-hmm. like possibly in peril, yeah. like that gets me going. Because the only other sequence that I think stands close to uh, like that and the the latter scene in this film, I think is the scene in Scream 2 with the, um, with the, the, the studio. Mm-hmm. I love, that is such a good fucking sequence with like the sort of maze Mm-hmm. the studio equipment and her not hearing Dewey getting stabbed and stuff. I just, I love that fucking scene so much. Yeah. I think that's a great sequence. Um, but the, the one weird thing about that scene is why, like, so the sisters get in that car. Cause they're like, Oh, he's going to hurt Gail, but they, we don't ever see them try to call her. Mm-hmm. They're just like, we got to get up there. And it's like, why wouldn't you call her and be like, Hey, uh-huh. you're in peril and by the time they get up there it's dark like uh, but i love that they were like mirroring scream 2 in that sequence where randy gets yes. killed. sorry i already said we we're spoilers here so but mm-hmm. when randy gets killed in scream 2 i love that we're mirroring that scene there they even say like it's just like scream 2 <laughs> yeah. just like when randy got killed in the van in yep. the middle of daylight I just love that. And that's, that's also, it's so strange. So uh, that struck me watching this where I'm like, it's funny that they've constructed this movies, these movies in a way that they, the characters can literally be aware of the plots of the prior movies, but mm-hmm. it makes, you know, sense in universe. Cause it's just their episodic life, but still it's like, they're literally like, remember in the second movie when <laughs> you're like, this is how you and I would talk about this as, uh, you know, fans watching these. So, yeah, I loved it. I, the other thing I could have done to have, I would have been more okay to have more of is to see more of the stab movies. Mm-hmm. Because in the last one, we get some YouTube clips and whatever, but like, I like give us some actual scenes. G- give please. us, give us another stab movie, please. Cause like <sighs> four had like an extended sequence, you know, of uh, mm-hmm. a stab movie. So like, we've seen it before. That's the only thing missing this time around was other than you get glimpses of uh, Richie's made as like a teenager. <laughs> yeah. I I would have rather watched the stab series than his own. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, but yeah. And then the only other thing I'm going to say is Josh Sagara, who played Danny, the hottie across the hallway or the the building, was he's so fucking hot. Oh my God. Like, I want to see him and Dermot Mulrooney make out. That would have made me like totally happy. But I'm really glad there's a queer character in the new franchise because previously the only sort of gay character was that one cop from Scream 2 was like, don't ask, don't tell. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, you assume he's gay right before he gets it. But like, I love that Mindy is queer. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm just, I'm so grateful that there is a queer character who so far has lived. Yep. And and black and black characters. And black, black and queer. Yeah. Take it. Yep. Take it all day. Awesome. Anything else to say? No, I think that's it. Okay. Well, 
out of five scream statues of liberty even though that's not in this film but in one of the posters oh i was gonna say out of five choreographed like knife pulls when oh. they like when they do that uh okay that's the two one. of them and i was yeah. like ah, that's funny that uh, perfect rich. perfect choreography um yeah i'm gonna give this a four i'm gonna give it a four and a half Awesome. Yeah, which is a very big, solid, huge scare of approval. Scare of approval. I just I loved it. I I truly had very few things that I wasn't crazy about. Yeah. Even even anything critical I said was still like it, this is still an awesome movie. It like does not detract. So I cannot wait to go see it again because I'm gonna. So yeah. And I, th- that's what struck me too. leaving the theater was scream as a whole. I'm like, it's a solid series, like a it solid is. franchise. It's r- like the weakest link is scream three. Uh, and even Unless you're the- my husband and then it's your favorite. And some people love that one, but okay. For, in our opinion of the show, <laughs> scream three is the weak link and it's not even like a bad movie. It's just not, not- as good as the other ones. So because like you said earlier, Parker Posey. Okay. Yeah, exactly. The so humor it's like, in that one. That is the funniest of them. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, yeah, so solid rank series. Rank them now that solid. we've had a new one. Rank them. Yeah. Um, oof. Of course, number one is the original. Agreed. Um, undeniably. I think at this point, my number two is Scream 5. Okay. Minus six. Uh, and then number three is this one. And number Scream three six. for me is five. Okay. okay so we got those flipped. Yeah. Uh, and then two. Yep. Four. Yeah. Three. Yep. Right there with you. Yep. Yeah. Exactly the same. But yep. I am very fond of two. I like two a lot. So. I like two as well. It's just, it's so interesting now that th- we're in like the, the day and age we're in now and that these are being directed by different people than Wes Craven. Mm-hmm. Like, but we're not in the nineties anymore, but like you go back and you watch those old ones and they feel so nineties and the way yeah. they're lit yeah. and the music and that's and the what costuming. I failed. Yeah. I failed to say, I love that they had Dewey's theme when that popped up in here. Mm-hmm. I, I about lost it a little bit because I was like, we'll never have Dewey's theme again, but they bring it back up when they're like talking about him. Mm-hmm. And also red right hand is in there again. Cause it's not yes. in four. There's one that it's not in three. Maybe there's one of them that it's not in. Cause there was a reason. Yeah. In the kill counts. They talked about it. I want to say it's three, maybe or four. Yeah. Maybe it, was, maybe it was four because I, I feel like four. it was in three. I think it yeah. was four doesn't have. It. Yeah, I think it's I think it's four. And yeah. also, I th- there's a certain point when there's um, another like scream theme music mm-hmm. that they sort of reimagine for just one scene when like I think the two girls are like walking out of like the police station. There is this music that I'm like, oh, I love that. Re- like harkening yeah. back. That motif. That motif, but not like living on it. Like there's new music. The score is different. The music is different. There's less like of that. For sure. Um, whatever. Rock music. Yeah. <laughs> it was so prevalent in the 90s. Yep. The alternative rock they put in. Yep. The 90s yep exactly. Yep. yep. But yeah. No, it, it's uh, uh, that, that's literally what I said to Al as we walked out of the movie where I'm like, yeah, Scream's really solid. Friday the 13th. Halloween, you know, those have a lot of just garbage Stinkers. entries in there. So it's it's shocking that Scream has stayed so good for the entire run so far. 
And what will they do next? Yeah, where, where, to, where what happens next? Stay in New York, more in New York, or who knows? Yeah, go on vacation, scream on vacation. Yeah, scream in Florida. <laughs> I was thinking more like a cruise ship. Oh, cool. An Alaskan Just, cruise. Yeah, Alaskan cruise where they go, uh, <laughs> they're, they're going whale watching. Yep, yep. Yep. Well, good times. Well, thanks, yeah. Jeremy. I'm so glad we got to go see it. And it was great. Go see everyone. it in theaters, people. If you can yep. get out with some friends, d- do that experience. And write us and tell us what you thought of it. Scaring and sharing at gmail.com. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, until next time, um, keep coming back. Yeah, guys. <laughs> and remember, uh, who gives a fuck about movies? Yeah. Hail Paymon. And keep watching and talking about scary movies because... Scaring is sharing. Bye. Scaring is sharing. 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 This has been a production of Planet Amp Podcast, powered by Pinecast.